Cameron, what's going on, man? Not Thank too much, Thank you for man. your time, man. Of I really course, dude. It. For sure. Um, we're here at this amazing um, retail shop. Yeah. And I remember coming in on um, the grand opening. Yeah. Party. Yeah. I remember rad. seeing you here. Yes. And, and I didn't I, get the chance to come say what's up. Oh, and I was, no. I felt bad about no, that ever that's since. That's all good. So. Uh, it was just good to be in another uh, men's garment um, retail shop. And how yeah. different would this separate from for the sure. rest in Kansas City? Yeah. So was that the mindset, the mindset when you came in here was like, how can we be different yeah. than the rest. For sure, man. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I think for me, coming into uh, the market in KC, uh, there, was the, there was the idea, of course, that you want to be different than what exists. Um, and I felt pretty good about that just based on what we carried and, and, and what we were going to emphasize here in the shop. But uh, more than that, I think that was going to come through just because it's a, the shop's a really personal manifestation of the things I'm into. So, uh, And I felt like um, just for the places that were here in town. It's like there were spots that I really loved to go hang and uh, places that had a lot of brands I really loved, but nothing that I thought really fit like the aesthetic that I myself dressed as and, and really wanted to pursue myself. So um, yeah, man, plugging down into the crossroads with the mix that we have, I think uh, fills a nice little hole that's been here in the market just in terms of some of the brands that we carry, but then um, also with just the stuff that I've been really into, it finally serves that interest for me as well. So, right. um, yeah, man, that was the idea. Did you take the thoughts of your personal closet and you just applied it here to think, hey, this is what my closet would look like at home? That's it, exactly. So uh, a bunch of the stuff that I wore uh, prior to opening the shop was stuff that was unavailable here in town. So uh, that was part of it was Exclusive. just exactly bringing that stuff that hadn't been available in town from some of the denim brands we carry uh, all the way down to some of the stuff that leans a little bit more um, you know, kind of streetwear oriented. Um, just taking that stuff uh, that I'd been wearing for years and years and plugging it down here in KC. So. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, what I also noticed about the spot was that um, it was a good spot in this area for a community build. Yeah. It was missing something. Totally. So I feel like in the garment realm and in for fashion sure. today, it's something that really gets people together because we're all on the same playing field yeah. in a sense. So was that your hope? for mm. also starting here was like, how can we build a community again? Since, I mean, real talk is we have Baldwin. Yeah. That's created community. For sure. The starters. Yeah, that's where and I started now, yeah, my right, career in town right, was Baldwin. Right. So there's and no I, doubt that's I see that's been like, a big part of it for them. Exactly. And now opening another shop, it's, mm. it's exciting because I, I see people come in here and they come alive. Yeah, yeah. So building a community had to be in the back of your mind when establishing this No place. doubt, man. Yeah, I think... You know, not only, I don't want to romanticize it too much, but I think one of the really beautiful parts of physical retail, of brick and mortar retail, is that it has the ability to build a community and make connection between people who have, you know, similar interests, whether that's in fashion, um, whether that's in music, whether that's just in, um, you know, the arts and culture that come uh, with being in the downtown area, for sure, is like being able to, to give people a place to come you know, dialogue over that stuff, specifically clothes, obviously, and what we do, but hopefully um, the clothes bleeds over into other elements of, exactly. of what we've got going yeah. on here in town as well. So, um, Any um, favorite brands? I mean, this um, is your closet, essentially. Exactly. So, so I, I want to know some of your favorite brands. All of them that are in here are ones that I love. I would say, I would say the one for me that sticks out um, that I'm, I'm really, really excited to carry here in town is a brand called Engineered Garments. We were just talking exactly. uh, before we started going here, but uh, EG is probably one of the more exclusive brands we have in the shop. It's one that's got a pretty limited distribution and one that I think a lot of people in town weren't familiar with before we introduced it. Um, 
they're based out of New York, really, really heady details on all their stuff. They manufacture exclusively in the garment district in New York. So um, the quality piece is there. Um, Daiki, who's their, who's their uh, designer, is this really, really, um, man, just intentional designer with the details, uh, all the sewing and construction and that sort of thing. They do a lot of uh, like military reproduction stuff, um, a lot of classic tailoring as well. So they do um, this nice mix of uh, reproduction kind of vintage inspired by uh, kind of newer design details as well so um, just a beautiful brand top to bottom I love engineering garments uh, Carhartt whip is an amazing brand that we carry a lot of people know that Carhartt name uh, but work in progress is is a line a lot of people um, aren't super familiar with here in the Midwest but Carhartt whip got launched in Europe back in the mid 90s um, and it's kind of how people know Carhartt in the European market is this Carhartt work in progress which is um, a little bit slimmer, like still the same quality, but um, Carhartt Whip in Europe has been super supportive of like the skate and arts industries over there. So uh, that's how people know Carhartt Whip is as a Carhartt, as, as a, a skate and kind of artist brand. And so they've just been introduced to the U.S. like within the last maybe seven or eight years. There's a Carhartt Whip store in New York now, but um, it's fun to introduce Carhartt Whip in the Midwest where people know the Carhartt name specifically for workwear and then to be able to throw some pieces at them that are a little bit more, um, you know, kind of streetwear and just classic menswear uh, versus just workwear. So, um, yeah, man, Carhartt Whip, Engineered Garments, uh, two of my favorites in the store for sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, moving into the collaboration realm. Yeah. I know that you would have on First Fridays. Yeah. Um, different companies come in as the, uh, what's the, I know one of my favorites that I missed and yeah. I hope to make it back is, um, the guy that makes the belts. Yeah, the cause leather. and effect. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Billy, yes. Billy Moore. I think yeah. that's also like a great element to, to bring in to build yeah. community, obviously, because yeah. you're bringing in people that are like interested in, you know, and that's and that's what I love about collaborations. It's like you're, you're, you're getting two separate communities mm -hmm. together to totally. celebrate one. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about some of your favorites over the past season of yeah. some collaborations or the people that came in on First Fridays to help out? For sure. Man. The big one was definitely Billy's thing that we did uh, on a first Friday back in, would have been July. Uh, but Billy is, is awesome. He's, uh, he's born in Tennessee, so like a very Midwest dude. He lives in Asheville, North Carolina now. Um, back in the day, he, he ran this company that was making uh, kind of reproduction copper bowls and uh, pots and things like that that had this crazy market and he had this big team of like 30 or 40 people that were doing just reproduction wow. copper metalwork um, and then kind of burned out on it and just himself was like man I'm gonna start just doing something on a smaller scale started making belts so we have a bunch of belts in, in the shop that are amazing um, and then yeah he does a bunch of jewelry too but it all kind of came out of this uh, Billy's very much like an artist like you he, he's got this incredible eye um, all of his hand-painted belt stuff is incredible, uh, but then he forges all the metal on the buckle, hand-cuts all the leather, um, hand-paints all the stuff that he does um, from kind of an artistic standpoint with the belts as well. So basically everything on the belt is made by Billy except for one single copper rivet that goes in there, um, which is super cool. And then uh, all of his, all of his uh, jewelry pieces, he hand-forges all those metals as well. So yeah. uh, he, when he came back in July, he brought a bunch of one-off belts, just a bunch of stuff he'd experimented with, um, a I bunch of jewelry pieces he was messing yeah. with. So it's cool to be able to bring, uh, we've got more planned in the future. That one's definitely been kind of the big, the big one that had a really cool turnout. But um, it's cool being able to bring people who live outside of KC 
and bring them into town and kind of show them what we've got going on culturally here. That's always really cool. But then also to have people be able to interface with uh, brands they see in the shop, but then also people that they've heard about or seen on, uh, you know, heard on podcasts and, and right. seen photos of online or whatever. To bring those people into KC is something that, um, man, we're excited to do more of, but that first round with Billy was a ton of fun. Hell yeah. So we have Cameron in the shop, but mm -hmm. Cameron outside the shop. Yeah. So I want to dive into your life a little bit. Yeah, so, man, for sure. Um, what's some things you don't, what do you, what do you do outside of here? I mean, let's Great just, question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, I feel like I'm so domestic now. I spend really? a bunch of time at Barquet. Okay. My wife and I have two, we have two retired racing greyhounds. So uh, that's pretty, that's pretty much um, the spot we take them is we go to Barquet and hang out, have a beer, let the dogs run around. Um, our favorite place to go spend time on weekends, we go to, uh, we go to Green Lady Lounge a ton. Yeah. Love jazz music. My dad, uh, my mom and dad actually met in the marching band at Mizzou. They both played saxophone. What? And so my dad's always been a big jazz fan. And so it's funny, I, we got to take him and my mom to Green Lady Lounge for the first time a couple years ago. And uh, just to see my dad's face light up in my wife and I's favorite bar was kind of hilarious. But um, yeah, man, love going to listen to jazz over there. Um, yeah, going out to eat, right. going to grab drinks, man. That's kind of our, that's kind of our, our lifestyle, kicking so it with friends. So. Do you go from here to like doing more research for this shop? Yeah, or, man, I do that a ton. Like so um, spend a bunch of time just trying to seek out new stuff that I think would really connect with the market. But then, um, yeah, man, the, the thing that I do, I'm pretty much glued to the shop except for two times a year when I go to market out in New York. So uh, that's kind of been the extent of my travel recently is just heading out to New York to do market stuff. And um, yeah, man, discovering brands whenever I can and, and just keeping up with like other peer shops across the US and stuff that they're playing with that, um, you know, I think could work here. And um, yeah, playing with the idea of doing some of our own in-house stuff too, just trying to be creative with the shop and use the space that we have to be able to, um, yeah, be creative ourselves, but then also um, give other people a creative outlet as well. 100%. Um with the thought of bringing in merchandise for a Midwest yeah. audience. Yeah. Now, most recently I was in LA and got hmm. to see some of Union's set up yeah. and was blown away. I feel at the same time that some of those brands would succeed here. Sure. People would be interested, but yeah. I feel at the same time some of them wouldn't. Totally. Because honestly, if you were to lift up the tag on some of the garments, yeah. it's a little bit yeah. more expensive than I would like to pay. Totally. So do you, is there a lot of pressure on going what does a Midwestern, I don't know, let's say from like a 25 to about 35 or even going older yeah, would yeah, wear? for you, sure. Does that weigh on you as, as your? Definitely, man. As we make, you know, as I make buying decisions here, there, there's always like, there's some brands we carry that do some really cool progressive stuff that I don't think would connect as heavily here as they do in places like New York and LA or even Chicago. Um, but that lens of saying, all right, uh, my buying decisions are, are mostly based on like the people who shop here now. Like, uh, it's it's cool to be able to see who comes through the door and what they like, and then I can take um, the feedback I get from customers and translate that into buys going forward. But the thing that's always really important to me is balancing um, balancing kind of the value proposition and the quality with a price point. You know what I mean? So nice. there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, Online, in the market in general, whether that's just menswear, streetwear, even high fashion that has this, um, has a price tag that isn't always backed up by 
um, the actual product itself. So that's one thing that's always really important to me is like, all right, if someone's gonna lay down a couple hundred bucks, is like, can the product stand on its own two legs or does it mostly stand on either the label or the hype or any of the things behind yeah. uh, what goes into that garment? So for me, it's always, it's always a balance of like, okay, is something, um, is something expensive? Sure. Does it back it up with the quality of the piece? Is always 100%. the is always the most important equation yeah. for me. So, well, um, I see that in the products you have in here. Yeah, as I, I I'm a person that I just don't I can't go into a retail shop or anything that has garments and not feel yeah or like put on yeah. or even smell if that seems weird or totally check out you know check out the inside stitching you know seeing for how sure. things are manufactured. Um, I'm the person not to bring along with the, the club yeah. to go look at clothes because I'm totally. very very picky, but. Spending my time in this shop, I've been able to come alive and feel at home. Yeah. So I'm glad you bring a comfort here. With, For with sure. the couches as well. You yeah. Know, it's, it's a yeah. homey feel. Totally. Was that something you learned as you got into retail more? Definitely, man. I think, um, yeah, we always even, and, and, and Matt, back in the Baldwin days, Matt Baldwin used to always say that, like, the shop should feel like our living room. Like, you're walking into a place that feels very comfortable and personable. Um, and so that was something I definitely wanted to translate over into into the shop down here was just like giving a space to kick it and like sit down, whether that's like spouses who are here shopping with their husbands who couldn't really care less and the husband's really into it and was looking around trying a bunch of stuff on, just giving them a place to like sit down. The thing that's been cool though uh, is like with this couch setup and the kind of this like little living room setup we've got going, it's like I have friends who come here and just like sit down and work, you know what I mean? Um, I've got friends who, uh, just stop by customers who stop by and like shop around they don't have anything to do immediately after this who just like take a seat and chat with someone else who they haven't met before uh there have been times where you know homies will bring me lunch in here and i'll be sitting here eating and this is very much like you know kind of a retail taboo but someone will walk in and i'll be like in the middle of like a barbecue like you know z-man from from joe's and i'm like oh what's up and then I get up to help them, and it's the kind of place where, like, a customer's even been like, oh, man, you can sit down and have lunch. Like, uh, you awesome. know, it's like I just yeah. almost taking down the formality of shopping and making people, you know, feel comfortable enough to themselves be able to just relax. Places like, you know, uh, a retail shop like this, a boutique setting like this can be kind of, um, can be kind of, uh, you know, intimidating for some folks, especially folks in KCU maybe you know, don't go to um, kind of edgy boutique retail places in bigger exactly. cities, you know? Yeah. So like this could yeah. be um, a space that feels uh, feels almost a little bit scary to some folks. So just being able to disarm people uh, with how normal and down to earth and chill uh, the people who frequent this place are, I think is always really important because um, as much as I love clothes, I'm, you know, very much fancy myself like an everyday Kansas City Midwestern dude was born and raised in Kansas City. You know, it's like um, kind of taking the uh, kind of the petty, uh, I don't know, kind of the, the downside of fashion. A lot of people have a negative association with that word. It's just like, uh, it's important for me to make people feel like you can be into clothes and not have to, I don't know, put on some face. So Right. Uh, I think it's great about this place is that I feel that I'm comfortable with the fact that I don't need to be shown around. Yeah. But you know everything that I'm going to pick up. Totally. Why, like, yeah. 
you know, spitting distance. For and sure. And there's that connection right off the get-go. So I appreciate the the, yeah. the comforting hello at the at the door. Totally, Because you know? I think yeah. it's key in whatever it is these days is like you have 45 seconds to make a good impression or right. less sometimes, right. depending, depending on the age of that person. Absolutely. You know, and so having that first impression is incredible and that's why we're here today. Man. No doubt, man. So I appreciate Dude, your time, brother, man. Of course. Thanks awesome. for coming through, bro. Hell yeah. Yeah. Dane, what's going on, brother man? Hello, friend. Thank you for making time today, man. So I remember first meeting you here at yeah. the same spot, but we were cutting in the closet. Oh, yeah. And you were <laughs> dreaming, and I was dreaming of what your store was going to look like. You already knew. Right. But let's walk through that process on how sure. your shop came alive. Okay. Um, we can back up a little bit from when even right before we met, uh, I had an idea of putting my, my shop actually in the West Bottoms. And um, yeah, that got extremely expensive, the idea of building out there. It's very bare bones there. Um, no HVAC, uh, no plumbing. And so my, my dream was quickly be, uh, becoming crushed. Uh, because I was like, no, that's too too expensive. <laughs> this, do you want me to put all that in? Can't do it. Not gonna yeah. do it. So, um, uh, my business partner, his name's Graham, and he had, uh, he and Cameron of East and West here had uh, started connecting more, and they had they had uh, talked about. Uh, Cam had mentioned to him like, hey, you should uh, you should bring Dane by and you know maybe check out the back space he's like I'll ask him we've been looking we started looking down here in the in the crossroads this is kind of where I wanted the wanted to be originally and then um, then I changed my mind right so anyway uh, long story short uh, I entertained it and I came I came down here uh, I don't even know what day it was I think it was a Tuesday to be honest because yeah so um, came down here and Cameron and I have known each other for a little bit but not like really well just uh, good acquaintances I would say and uh, so I walk in and um, like instantly was warmed by his welcome um, as you know like he, he's uh, he's good at uh, like just being being uh, friendly and kind and he's uh, yeah I was just like instantly like hey man what's up like just felt really uh, warm and welcomed I guess is what I'm trying to say and so uh, we didn't we didn't spend much time we got right to it he's like wanna wanna see the space so we go back I was like yeah let's see the space and there was black curtain on that side uh, on my now entrance side and he uh, opens a curtain, shows it to me, and we literally maybe looked at it for 30 seconds. Like, I just kind of gaze. He's like, there's a yeah, skylight and this and that. And I'm like, space looks great. Uh, let's go back in here. Tell me about you. And, like, basically, we just really connected on customer service and hospitality and how those things are, like, the most important thing to us. Um, 
And I knew that if I was going to be in the back of a, of a retail space, of a clothing store, of any space, that whoever works there, whoever's part of that, is going to be like my client's first experience, first interaction. And I was just like, man, I, I feel really good about this. And, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we, we don't love the word, but it's like serendipity is is definitely very uh, much how the experience went. Whereas it's like, yeah, this is, this is supposed to happen. We need to make this happen. Uh, and so then, yeah, I start, he's like, well, why don't you just start cutting here now? Uh, okay. So, you know, it was gonna be like two months that the build out was gonna go uh, a little faster than it did. But uh, I, was, I was back there for a good three and a half months yeah, and uh, it was fun. It was fun to see the journey that like my clients were willing to go on, um, and, and 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 to the journey of like learning what like a build-out process is actually like, uh, to dealing with contractors, subcontractors, you know, uh, landlords, and all that kind of stuff. And so, so there was a lot to learn. Along oh my gosh! The way. Yeah, what, is it was it like a daily? daily occurrence something else uh eventually it, like there was well we discovered that the architect had not put in uh the elect the electronic box which is in another space back there uh and then yeah so the city's like hey uh you gotta put that in your your, your drawings and uh when you get that in your drawing then it'll be three more weeks before we come back and and uh, check it out and and we're like no that's not acceptable like that makes no sense it's not even in the same space anyway it was like little things like that or just like my expectations were so high and I had like everyone kept telling me like hey this is just part of it this is just part of it and I'm like no nah, it's like pretty pretty easy build out let's just let's get it done yeah and sure. it's just yeah so it was a lot of patience um, a lot of patience yeah, for sure. So yeah. I learned, learned a lot about that. Hell yeah. I, um, in time situations, I'm always eager to get things done as soon as possible mm -hmm. so I can see the, the grand finale and enjoy it. Right. Um, I think going back to what you said about the hospitality here at, at East and West and totally. then, you know, mixing that with your shop, mm -hmm. I think that's key also to community, like growing community. Absolutely. And, and the culture here is mm -hmm. like remembering not just what you bought, but how that person was nice to you in that first minute is sure. always golden. Yeah. Um, carrying that forward, do you hope to have the same mentality with the shop as well, meeting people? Oh, 100%. I mean, uh, it's really funny. Cameron will have, um, will have customers come in and, you know, there's a big gaping hole there with a sign, what is this? Uh, and they'll just kind of sneak by and I'll, I always, like look for people coming in, my clients or just whatever. And I just always try to make it uh, my goal to say hello. Um, not to like weird you out, but like, hey, what are you doing? But like, hey, how are you? What's going on? Um, I acknowledge you. I went to, so my wife and I traveled for two years around the country for her work and stuff. And I worked at a couple shops. Um, but I would go visit other shops. And I just remember how many times I went in the places and no one like welcomed me, no one acknowledged me and how like 
how ill-fitting that felt to like walk into someone's place of business and they didn't even like recognize a, a new customer or like a new face. And, and so I just swore that I, I would never let that happen. Like, so hospitality is my utmost, like, uh, my utmost, like, important thing to, to strive for yeah. is that, like, 100%. people feel cared for, people feel yeah. acknowledged, and, and that it's, uh, that it feels, uh, what's the word? Uh, Comfort. Well, no, that it just feels uh, real. Real. Like, honest, yeah. yeah. Right. Because I've, I've been to so anyway. many retail shops where I know they don't really care about my day. Right. You know, what's yeah. going on. When I step foot in here, uh, I always know that Cameron really cares about how I'm doing and how things are going in yeah. life. And yeah. um, I feel the same way with you. And I think that's Thank really you. cool of how you guys put that together and yeah. blew this place out of the, the fucking place, <laughs> man. Just destroyed it. Yeah. I think what's Thank better you. than like going to get new apparel yeah. and there happens to be a barbershop inside of it yeah i mean like how convenient it is for me and so many other people to just go well damn i do need a new fade i, yeah. I do need to look good in this new norse project garment i just picked up, absolutely or carhartt absolutely whatever it be so i think that's awesome that that's been creative thank you uh, yeah I our want, goal of like yeah, continuity in quality and and, and care is is yeah it, ha it has to be it has to it be. has to yeah. be like that that it, because I, i'll go home so I'm in the coffee realm. Right. Hospitality is also on like a huge thing for me. And, mm -hmm. I, and, I, and I try to like just pour that upon new people that come in my life. It's like people want to be cared for and want to be acknowledged. Yep. So it's our best opportunity to make that best impression, especially taking over a coffee shop at the Art Institute was mm -hmm. how can we be different? Right. Well, I know that the lady that was there prior to hated everyone. Sure. So all I needed to do <laughs> is put on a smile. Yeah. But then it was more than that. And then mm -hmm. it was engaging people's lives, asking how their weekend is and so right, forth. Right. So I, I want to go into your realm a little bit deeper of okay. the barber realm. Mm -hmm. When did you pick up the clippers and go, or did the clippers find you? I think, I think the clippers found me. I think that the, uh, oh my God. Anytime I want to think of like things, sometimes ideas go away. Uh, lightsaber is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know how like the lightsaber found uh, Luke. No, I don't know. Um, that's how I feel. Like the Clippers, they just like they came to me. Right. It was it was it, yeah, it was uh, match made in heaven. So um, yeah. But how how old were you? Was this like ten, five? Uh, you know what? I always. Yesterday, uh, my mom like used to take me to this barbershop in Blue Springs. It was like seven highway and forty highway, and it was right next to my favorite uh, sports card collector's place. And so we'd go. I'd go get a a clean ha haircut, and then I'd go get like some baseball cards. Uh, and it just it was something we did for a while in my in my childhood. And I just always loved that pace that they created, that environment. Um, and something stuck with me, uh, throughout my, you know, my formative years and then in, into my teens and whatnot. And that, you know, like one day when I'm older, I want to become a barber. So my first I actually had a career before barbering, uh, which was like life sound engineering. Uh, and I just got really burnt out on that. Like I did a little bit of touring. I, I moved to Nashville. I did a whole bunch of, uh, I put a lot of effort, but I realized um, that 
like I had to I had to like take a break from it. So when I was uh, this was 2010, so eight years ago, nine years, I think actually yeah. So 2010, I moved back from Nashville, and uh, was just like I need a break, and and honestly, I just started inquiring more about barbering again. So uh, I had a few friends in in the styling world or cosmetology world, and they uh, they kind of helped me figure out uh, that I would be good at this. I started asking them, like, what are your thoughts? Like, is that something I could do? And they all got really excited about it. So one gave me a pair of clippers. One gave me a pair of uh, scissors. And they taught me a couple uh, styles, and I went for it. And so I just started having friends come over. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of the typical story of the barber, like house cuts and all that kind of stuff, like porch cuts. Um, And... But I didn't want to go back to school until I really knew this is what I was going to do. So, uh, yeah, I spent, I spent four years cutting in my bedroom, and I built up, like, a couple hundred clients. And That's <laughs> insane. And then, like, in a good, like, an amazing way. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was yeah. really strange. And, like, so then eventually I was like, oh, I guess I should go back to, I should go to barber school. Like, that's the only way in the state lets you make money. Like, make honest money. So, went to school, cut part-time, and worked uh, full-time at Gomer's on 39th Street. Hey. So, yeah, it was a good time. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it was a crazy, crazy journey, um, and it still is. Yeah. Every day is a new day. Every day is a new day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> thankfully, right? <laughs> Thank God. Period. Yeah. Um, so, what's your favorite band right now, then? Oh. Uh, honestly, it's, it's two musicians, uh, if I can answer. They're like, they're kind of similar, but one's more soulful and one's like old timey. So I love a guy named Pokey Lafarge and then, um, uh, oh my gosh. Slayer. (laughs) And Slayer. (laughs) Lamb of God. Yeah. Uh, we'll just say Pokey Lafarge. Oh my gosh. Can I, can we pause? Yeah, we can just I, go. I feel just bad go. that no, I'm okay. all of a sudden forgetting. Who do I love, Cameron? You love everybody. Who do I love? I feel like I'm like looking at my music really quick to think of his name. Very soulful, but old timey. Mm-hmm. I love him so much. Anyway, this is awkward. <laughs> no, it's all good. No worries, no worries. Uh, I'll think of him, no, no, and then no. we'll get back to that. What's um, your favorite? Are you into hardcore? You threw out some hardcore stuff, man. Nah, I, I used to be a hardcore kid, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I used to listen to anything that was screaming and had like, you know, was written in like drop C. Okay, yeah. Not D. Not even I'm D. I'm talking C. Man. Yeah. Like it was hard. Uh, Divorce Prada. Um, I, was, I was rolling with those guys. Yeah. Because I thought their music was fun. Yeah. But, some uh, of them live here. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. they're really nice. Um, I think one of the brothers live in Lawrence, too. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Like, the keyboard player comes in here, comes in my shop. So oh, yeah, he's yeah. a good dude. Mm-hmm. I saw him at the Bald One sale, and I knew him in line. I was like, hey, man, you wouldn't happen to be the keyboardist from <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, how'd you know? Because I think at the time, he wanted to stay low-key what he was doing. Sure. And no one really obviously knew who he was, and so... Uh, that made a huge conversation for the rest of the line yeah. that we had to wait in. They're like, no way. Yeah, yeah. he's a killer dude. Um, yeah. So on the design of the shop, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Thank you. 
Um, was there a lot of thought process on that part? Uh, so funny, funny story. Uh, every like location that um, I considered. Uh, well, let me backtrack. A friend of mine, who's actually his company built the shop out. Uh, they, uh, he he once told me that. Uh, if, it, if it's your shop, you need to design it. So you need to figure out what you want the shop to be. And he taught me about Google SketchUp. And, and there's a free version. Uh, and uh, so I got acquainted with, with that software. Uh, and so anytime I found interest in a location, I would like get the dimensions and build it out in this, in this software. And I started, like, I would be up till early hours in the morning because I would just like the detail and I would just be so I was addicted to it um, and then right after I talked to Cam I was like how many square foot feet is this and he's like, he gives me a rough estimate I was like all right thanks and I literally like I think I started at like 1 a.m. and I just knocked it out so I still have that I still have that saved it looks exactly uh, the way the shop does, and it's That's it's awesome. it's crazy. It's crazy how like I showed them a photo, and they made it they made it happen. And so you know, we just um, so I love old school shops, but I never wanted an old school shop. Um, I I've always loved clean lines. I've always loved that the conversation um, is about the client, not that they're over like overwhelmed by distraction and TVs and stuff like that. Like sometimes I think people have a hard time just like sitting and having a conversation because they're so distracted by their phones or they're so just, I can't look at, I can't have a conversation when there's a TV around. I'll be like, I'll just be, you know, like squirrel, you know? <laughs> right. And so, yeah. So I tried to design the shop to um, represent what, what, how I wanted the whole experience to flow. And so, yeah. I think that's what's cool about the East and West is, and Cam and I forgot to talk about it, but the flow of the store. Yeah. And how it, it I mean, I love it now because it's like leading to an uncertain area of the shop that I have no idea, but I can't wait to look at it. Right. That's for me anyways. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I hope that's for the rest of the people that come and check out the spot is the anticipation of what is this new room about. Because mm -hmm. we can see it over here. We can see that there's lights and that and this, and like we can only hope that... It is a barbershop. Holy right. shit, this is badass. Yeah. That is my my walkthrough when I tell people. Very cool. You know, like, Thank you. Yeah, like, it's... Come check out this spot. There's no, there's nothing like it. Um, I've never been more um, excited to come into a shop because I see that it's a barbershop and a retail store. Yeah. You know, and there's going to be adventure and something new. Yeah. And that's, I think, what the city needs is newness. Absolutely. And collaboration. Because, I mean, that's essentially what it is. I mean, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, uh, he wins, I win and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like a client come or a customer or client comes in, uh, you know, there's, there's the, the possibility that they're going to be my client or they're going to be his, you know, or that like, if they're coming to see me, there's a good chance he's going to make a sale. Like it's, it's really, yeah. The synchronicity, synchronicity, words. Thank you. I need Kim, I Kim need helps me out a lot. I'm not a word man. No, me either. That's why I have to like look up a lot of things these days going, yeah. I need to use this shit. <laughs>
<laughs> Google's really helpful. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, with that, man, I appreciate Dude. your time. Man. Absolutely. Really, Thanks do. for... That's a good spot. Hell yeah. Best Dude. of luck with the shop. Appreciate it. Going. Yeah, Get same with, uh, with the podcast. I love it. So I appreciate it. Man. You're doing good things. Yeah. The city loves it. I appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah, cheers.